usually charles starts with a joke <laughs> okay so i'll share a joke there was this person who visited a mental health center okay so this place was different from the usual mental hospitals the doctors and the patients wore uniforms the same kind of uniforms so that it brings rapport between the doctors and the patients so this visitor was very impressed this is fantastic that so how do you know who is the doctor and who is the patient so they said that's very simple the patients always improve you know <laughs> all right nothing personal <laughs> all right we all agree that life is tough amen we live in a world which is not perfect the world is fallen and there are battles you all know that you know as christians as disciples of jesus as people who follow the lord we are not immune to it we face battles in life we face them at home at work at work is where we spend most of your time no of wake waking hours about 8 to 9 hours at your ministry wherever we face battles and sometimes we face seasons of challenges for us as a family last year was a season of special difficult challenges and then we come out and just when we think things are settling we face the next one and we fight these battles so the question is how do we face life normal life with these battles shall we pray and ask the lord to speak to us father god we thank you as we sang you have overcome jesus you have overcome and you call us to reign with you and to overcome lord not by might not by power but by your spirit so we pray that you speak to us father because we want to hear from you we want to know how your word which promises us that in every place you will lead us in triumph in Christ Jesus that the fragrance of Christ may spread everywhere speak to us lord and help us to understand in Jesus name amen i've been looking at psalm 66 today and psalm 66 tells us seven things to do to face the challenges of life seven things to do to face normal life with its challenges Now the background of this psalm we find in uh, verses 10, 11 and 12 when it says these people had gone through a time of testing it says in verse 10 and God tested them you know does that happen in life amen God allows us to be tested in fact most of the times in life before we are promoted there is a test now when we are in school before the promotion there is a test and in life when god calls us to something bigger there is a test that's part of normal life life is not everything is awesome everything is funny no that's not life 
That's a fairy tale. But if God is going to use us, he will also test us. So these people had gone through a time of testing and it says they were refined like silver. How do you refine silver? Heat. (laughs) You get melted. A lot of heat. So they were refined. That's not easy to go through. It's painful. But God refines us. He removes impurities from our lives. And it happens when you go through fire. A fire which is not easy, which is hard. He also says it was in prison. Have you been in that? I'm not talking about a literal prison. I've been to a prison once. In a once I preached the gospel in a prison in Kerala. But I'm talking about a time when God's hand is on us and we can't move. We are sort of stuck there. And he said, you just stay there. Lord, I want to do your ministry. You just stay there. And his hand is upon us. And we try to jump out of that and we can't do it. Because he says, I'm working on you. You stay. You just stay. It's like Moses in the wilderness for 40 years now. Before he went to liberate the Israelites. Tending sheep. Tending sheep. The prince. (laughs) The liberator. 40 years. My goodness. And sometimes it feels like that. Lord, nothing is happening. I'm sort of in a prison. What am I doing here? I thought you had great plans for my life. And he says, stay there. Stay there. So they had just come out of a time when they were in prison. And he also says, Lord, you laid burdens on our backs. You know, not in a bad way. You know, how do you build muscles? How do you build muscles? You lift weights. (laughs) You don't dream about muscles. Muscles don't come like that. You have to lift weights. How do you grow in responsibility and maturity? You go through some tough times. You handle small responsibilities, small battles, and then you go to the next one. You know, nobody, nobody becomes a colonel in the army on the first day of service. There is a process. It's a process. So they had gone through burdens. They went through fire and water. But in verse 12 it says, But you brought us out to a place of abundance. And in verse 9 it says, He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. So they've gone through a tough time. They've gone through fire. They've gone through water. They've gone through testing. They've been refined. They've come out. But does that mean there will be no more battles? No. Battles never stop. And they will come. So the question is, how do we prepare ourselves to face life, to face the battles that will come through us when we live? Because that is what life is all about. We face one battle, and there is a break. There's another battle, and there is a break. And when we think that everything is fine, we think, see things happening at work. My goodness, why is this person suddenly so angry with me? And we see multiple things happening. But how do you face it? Now the first one, verse 1 he says, shout for joy. It starts with saying, shout for joy. 
when everything is a battle when life is uncertain we need to shout for joy now that sounds a bit strange no what do you mean shout for joy i'm feeling terrible i'm getting attacked i don't feel like doing anything and you want me to shout the enemy is oppressing me you know what jesus said if you don't shout what will happen the stones will shout the lord word of god says we need to shout now that is not based on our feelings that is not something we do when everything is going well but we shout for joy as a decision as a decision as a choice and say look i'm not going to get bogged down in this i'm going to shout for joy the fellowship we belong to in kerala the fellowship leaders said you know when things are in trouble just shout aloud praising god he said that will help you and it does help us and it is not you know nonsensical blind shouting there are three reasons why we can shout for joy in any situation number one we can look at the past and say god has done stuff in my life what's the greatest stuff he's done in my life what is the greatest thing he saved me hallelujah you know we live in a country of 1.3 billion people people have to travel thousands of miles hoping to go to a place to hear from god and they are sincere people they are much more sincere than us in many ways they travel from place to place they roll on the ground they hurt themselves saying where is god and we know and now by the grace of god we can enter into the throne room of heaven and we know that when we pray in jesus name he hears us we know that our sins have been cleansed i heard of a missionary who went to one of the i think it was rishikesh or somewhere and they met this couple and they were crying and they went and asked sorry they he went met them and shared the gospel with them and they started crying they said why didn't you tell us half an hour before we were so burdened with our sins we didn't know what to do we took our child and threw it into the river for our sins we are saved by the grace of god whatever happens in life we can shout for joy for that that worthless people we are of course worthy in the eyes of god but we have nothing to claim but he saved us by his grace so we can always shout always shout for joy so we can look at a past and say hey, god has helped me in the past he saved me i can shout for joy i will shout we can also look at what is happening now we are part of a plan hallelujah things might be hard but there is a plan there is a plan for our lives we are not beings formed accidentally by some big bang no we have been created by god who saw us before we were formed in our mother's womb that's what the word of god says so i can say okay there is trouble but god has a plan you know i don't know what's happening 
But the word of God says, if I love God, if I live as a called person, all things will work together for my good. Praise the Lord. Now I know this uh, aircraft engineer in, in Australia. This guy was working with Qantas. And um, he was working at uh, lower levels. So they chose 100 of them to train them to become managers. So they had to go for this course. So they did this two-day course. And at the end of the course, you have a test. And you had to pass the test to become a manager. So he wrote all the, ticked all the answers and submitted. Then he felt one question was not correct. So he went and told the person who was supervising the exam, I need to change my answer. So that person said, are you really sure? He said, yes. So he took it and changed the answer and gave it back. You get the marks in one hour and you fail by one mark. His supervisor was mad with him. He said, I told you not to change it. Why did you do it? He said, Lord, what went wrong? I thought you told me to change that answer. So he was not promoted. All the others were promoted. Well, something happened in a couple of months. They did some restructuring in Qantas and all these managers were sacked and this guy kept his job. And then, after a few months, they said, this training is coming again. Do you want to go for it? He went for the training again and you passed the exam and he alone came back as a manager. <laughs> Hallelujah. So sometimes we don't know what is going on. But if we love the Lord and if you live as a called person, we can be sure that there is a plan and God is working out something. And so we will shout for joy. Sometimes we don't understand. We will say, I will shout for joy. As Habakkuk says now. Yet I will rejoice. I will not live. So you had to shout for what is happening. And you can also shout for what will happen. You know, the future, whatever happens, there are a few things which will happen. One, the presence of God will always be with us. You know, it's unbiblical to say, Lord, be with us as we go. No, that is not biblical. Because the Lord said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So as you face life, we can say, Lord, I thank you. I will shout for joy because God is with me. I will shout for joy because his counsel is available to me. I will shout for joy because his power is available to me. Because he's always there. I will shout for joy because all the resources of heaven are available to me. Amen. You know, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. So I can shout for joy. So the first thing, as you face trouble, as you live and face life with his uncertainties, is to shout for joy. And you come to verse 2, he says, Sing the glory of his name. In the midst of this normal life, in the midst of these challenges, we must choose to sing the glory of his name. Because this life is not about us. This life is about him. It's not about me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yes, 
but he'll still sing. We will still sing the glory of his name. You know, Satan wants to take away our joy. And he'll throw all kinds of stuff at us. You know, you remember the, the apostles in the jail, they were singing, praising God, in stocks, dark jail, condemned to death. But they were singing. And that singing changed them. The singing changed them. You know, uh, if you know that Ira Sankey, the person who used to sing with Moody, he was in the army. And there was one place where he, was, he started singing in one place in the midst of the war. And apparently he was on the enemy's sight. And that fellow was going to shoot him. But as he saw him singing, he didn't shoot him. He left him. Because when we start singing, the enemy is discouraged. <laughs> because the enemy cannot touch us. Hallelujah. So we need to sing. We heard the testimony of a medical student. He's studying in uh, Father Muller's College uh, in Mangalore. His father was admitted in the ICU in a hospital in Kerala. His father became sick suddenly, you know, within a few days. They were all believers. His father was an atheist, but he came to know the Lord later. And in the ICU, they realized that his father may not survive. So the whole family came around him. They held hands and sang. And soon after the father died, but they all prayed and committed their life to Christ again and sang in the ICU. So the nurse came and asked, what kind of people are you? How could they do that? The presence of Jesus will help us to sing even when we face problems in life. So we need to sing and it says, make his praise glorious. Not just half-hearted praise. I looked at the meaning of the word glorious. It says copious. It should be full-on praise. You know, it's like, you know, India is playing. Brother Charles is in Australia. Australia, last one run left. You know, you, you have the last ball. You have to get one run. And somebody comes and hits a six. Will you say, oh, that's very good, brother. <laughs> no, we will jump and scream. That's the kind of praise we must have. It must be full on praise. Make his praise glorious. 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 But what's the foundation of this praise? How can we praise God in the midst of the problems? The foundation is that there is a God. World is not just what we see. This is not just world. There is a God. There is a God who is almighty. And this God is seated on a throne. Hallelujah. There is a throne in the midst, in the center of the universe. And Jesus is on the throne. So as we stand here, surrounded by trouble, and we see the throne, we can praise gloriously. We can say, I don't know what's going on, but I know there is a throne, 
I know there is a king who is seated on the throne. And this king says, I am his friend. Hallelujah. And this king says, I am his child. And this king says, I am his heir. Well, that's all I need to know. It's like this child who was going in a plane. You know? The plane hit a stone. And it started shaking. And everybody got scared. They said, where the seat belt? And, but there was this child who was happily sitting, smiling, playing. So the passenger said, are you not afraid? He said, no, I'm not afraid. Why? My father is the pilot. I know he will take me through. The father was the pilot of the plane. He said, I'm not afraid. Can we look at like that way when the storms hit us? My father is on the throne. And he knows what's going on. Regardless of what happens. He knows. And he will, he will take me. So it's not a blind phrase. It's not, you know, cutting yourself everything and stotum, stotum, stotum. No. It is a praise with knowledge and understanding. It is a praise based on the truth that God is seated in the heavenly throne. Hallelujah. So the first thing he says is shout for joy for the three reasons. The second one is sing for joy. Sing his praises. Make his praises glorious. And the third thing we need to do is speak to God. See the first two verses it's he's talking about God but now he's speaking to God and he's telling God you are this you have done this that's what we see in verse 3 he is declaring who God is now why is this important we need to practice becoming God conscious rather than problem conscious people. Often we are so caught up with the problem. We lose connection with God. And like Jacob, we need to wrestle with him. He said, Lord, I am in this trouble. I will not leave you till you bless me. We sometimes tend to run away. Oh, life is too much. You know, I, I'm, I'm fed up. And you become negative and you're willing to give up. And we run away from God. But we need to become God conscious and engage with him. Engage with him through the word and in prayer. When the word collapses around you, when everything is breaking down, go to the rock who stands. Everything else shakes. But there is something that is unshakable. And we need to fix our eyes on him. Do not speak to yourself. You know, sometimes we speak to us, oh, life is so bad. This is so wrong. That person is working against me. My workplace is terrible. There are people talking against me. They're doing stuff behind my back. My wife is not understanding me. My children are like this. I've got this problem, that problem. Terrible, valor is terrible, whatever. Stop that and start talking to God. And start talking to God. So what should we talk? You know, we say, why me? Why me? No, why is... Talk to God. What should we talk? What are the things he's saying to God? 
we see that the first thing he says is, Lord, your deeds are awesome. Amazing. He starts with worship. He doesn't go to God and say a you know, list of complaints. Lord, these are the ten things which are wrong in life. God already knows that. <laughs> but he goes first and says, Lord, you are amazing. We need to focus on the deeds of what God is doing. We often focus on deeds of what Satan is doing. You know, Lord, look at my department. This is not happening. This is not happening. This person is not good. That, And we make a list. And we need to say, Lord, I'm in the midst of all this, but you are awesome in your deeds. And I want to see what you're doing in the midst of this. And we often miss that. We often miss that. Because our eyes are focused on the negative. So we need to, every day, every day, thank God for what he's doing. We may not have five things, but we should see, hey, what are the ten things that God has done and is doing here? We might think that, okay, there's many things not happening in Belur, but look, look what happened last week. Hallelujah. The foundation stone has been laid. Hallelujah. We can say, oh, Belur is terrible, you know, there, are, there is poverty, there is dirt everywhere, there is, you know, alcohol abuse, youngsters taking marijuana, crime, prostitution, HIV, whatever. But we can say, Lord, thank you. You're doing something. You're doing something, Lord. We can look at our life last year and say, oh, this happened, terrible. What? But then we look at, hey, God, you've done something great. So one of the things that I encourage you to do in your journal is to have a section for Thanksgiving. Right every day. Thank you, Lord. Yesterday, I could breathe. <laughs> I could talk. <laughs> I had good food. I had a friend who came and he had chai with him. Thank you, Lord. I had a place to sleep. I had some chicken biryani or whatever. We need to focus on how awesome are your deeds, Lord. Hallelujah. Because Satan doesn't want that. And he will put thoughts in your mind. You know that Satan can put thoughts in your mind? You know that Judah, when the time was uh, Judas, he put the thought, go and betray. He will put thought and say, why are you thinking like this? You are a terrible Christian. <laughs> we need to think, you know, hey, what am I thinking? So we need to worship him and tell God, Lord, thank you. We don't live in a world that is perfect. And the world is going to be imperfect. And people are going to be imperfect. But we should ask God, Lord, help me to see what are you doing? What are you doing here? Sometimes you get an answer, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. We need to then thank God that he is in control. And wait for him. Because he is the one who works for those who wait for him. Then it says, he says, how awesome are your deeds? And he says, how great is your power. We need to focus on the power of God rather than the problems around. You know what's the power that is available to us? Do you know? You know, when nuclear fission happens, that's supposed to be, release a lot of energy. 
when just one one atom there's nuclear fission happening and then in the sun there are millions of nuclear fission happening and there are billions and billions of suns and galaxies and the god who made them can we even imagine his power we can't that power is available to us and we think of this small problem and he said lord how are you going to deal with this you know it is a power that raised jesus from the dead read from ephesians 1:18 to 20 i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms what is the power that is at work in us or that is available to us is the power that raised Christ from the dead that is at work in us what he says one thing i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to see this how did you become saved because eyes of our heart were opened by the grace of god we suddenly realize hey this is all true i still remember when i had an encounter with christ and i believed i said this is true man fantastic exciting suddenly it opened you know and he's saying Paul is saying, I am praying that you will be able to see what is the power that is at work in us. Because that understanding will not come through human intellect. It comes by revelation. And we need to ask Lord, Lord, help me to see what is this power that is working in me and on behalf of me. help me to know who i am in christ you know who you are in christ is very very powerful you are hybrid you are not just mere human beings we have the spirit of god in us we are not mere human beings we have the holy spirit in us help me to know that i am a new creation in christ help me to know the power that is available to me not for building my kingdom but for building his kingdom the power that will work on behalf of me we need to pray that now how do we know the holy spirit more you know mike bickle the person who started the international house of prayer said five things you can pray and it's simple to remember is t r u s t to the holy spirit is that he prays to the holy spirit these five things many times during the day the first one is thank you spirit of god that you are in me that is t thank you that you are in me second is r reveal more of god to me spirit of god who is in me reveal more of god to me you is use me holy spirit of god use me s is strengthen me because we need strength we need strength to be used by god and t is teach me teach me you know help me all right so what is the next thing that he is telling to god your enemies cringe 
before you. God has enemies. God has enemies? Yes, he has enemies. Will you have enemies? You will have enemies. That's normal. That's normal. So God has enemies and you will have enemies. The word of God says in as much as possible, live with peace, live at peace with all people. But that's not going to be the reality. People are going to work against you. People are going to attack you. But as we worship God, things will change. Now the question is, what do you do with power struggles? You face power struggles at home, at work, work mainly, and ministry or whatever. What do we do? He says in verse 4, all the earth bows down to you. We need to worship God and bow down to him. Because power struggles happen with people. But most of the time, the power struggle is because of us. Because of ourselves. Because it's either my way or the highway. Right? And how do you deal with that? When we worship God, when we bow down before him, and we say, Lord, this is not about me. There is only one power, and that's you. And I worship you. And we bow down before him, saying, Lord, these people are working against me. I don't care. I worship you. Then it's not between me and them. It's between you and them. You deal with them. But I worship you. You want me to leave this place? I'm ready. You want me to give up? I'm ready. I give up everything to you. You don't give up. You give up. (laughs) You give up to God. Normal power struggles. Brother, you want to fight and take this? Please, there's no turf war. I have only one turf, Jesus' turf. <laughs> I don't have any other turf war. And I stand in his turf. It's not this party or this party, it's God's party. You are with God. And that takes away the power struggles. And so he's telling, Lord, all the earth bows down to you. You know, once there was a carpenter. This carpenter was standing in front of a governor. The governor thought he was very powerful. He's appointed by Caesar. He thought, who is this carpenter? What can you do? And he thought he was powerful. After many years, the governor is dead and gone. The carpenter is still alive, amen? And he's still working. Because the carpenter knew where the power was. He knew this governor was for a short time. And that's the way we should look at things. When people work against us, okay, brother, God bless you. The power is there. And I worship him. And you're ready to give up. Not an issue. So you should speak to God. You should talk to God in the midst of the challenges of life. The fourth thing, you must speak what God has done in your life. When you are down, look back. Count your blessings. When you are down, when you are feeling low, when you are feeling life is tough, you look back and praise God. You know, we read in James 3, 9 and 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings 
who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. See, our tongue should be used to praise God and not curse people. Now we all have difficult people in our lives. If not, you are living in some strange land. <laughs> we all have to deal with. It's a painful reality. Now we are not responsible for their behavior. But we are responsible for our response. So our temptation would be to praise God on Sunday and curse people on Monday. Why is this person doing this? What is, God, what is wrong with that person? Why should he do that? We talk them. So the word of God is asking us why are you praising God and cursing man with the same tongue? We cannot do that. So how do, what do we do? What do we do when we live with people who are toxic? Happens. Luke 6.28 Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Oh, that's Jesus. Huh? Not easy. But he says that's the way to live. When people curse you, bless them. Pray for them. You know the word of God says God lives within the praises of his people. He doesn't live with the curses of his people. If I start cursing people, the presence of God will go from there. And you need to be very, very careful what I do with my lips. We need to have a lifestyle of praising. You know, in Philippians it says, doing everything without complaining so that you may shine as children of light in the midst of a crooked generation. How do we shine? What do we do often? Is most of our talking praising? Or is most of our talking complaining? Because it has an effect on our lives. So we need to praise God. And in verse 8 it says, "No Praise our God all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. We should become a people of praise. Now there's a song for a building a people of praise. Building a people of power. Because praise and power go together. There is power when we praise God. But if we start cursing, we will lose that power. We will not have it. Number five, stand by the commitment you have made to the Lord. Verse 13 and 14 if of Psalm 66. He says, I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. You see, often when you go through trouble, we are pushed, pressed down. And our prayer time increases. Our reading of the word increases. We hear from God and we make commitments. Lord, I am going to do this. I am going to spend more time with you. 
or maybe you heard lord telling you know you need to do that ministry maybe the lord was nudging you and speaking to you telling you to do something or telling you not to do something and you took a commitment before him and then the trouble goes and we need to stick by our commitment we must remember that the commitment was made before god and his kingdom and often the lord waits he waits to see hey when is he going to act when is she start going to do it the lord waits the angels wait the kingdom of god waits for one person yes for one person because there are things in your areas of influence which he wants to do and he wants you to work with him remember esther in the palace was it for a time like this absolutely god has chosen us for a time like this and if you have made commitments to the god to the lord we must stick by them because you know the, the battle is not worth fighting if it is only about our lives but if it is for a higher purpose if it is for a higher purpose it's worth the fight it's worth the fight if you know that we are going through all this trouble and pain and struggles and heartaches for a greater cause then it's okay because now we know that we are working for the kingdom so stand by your commitment so again coming to what we said from the beginning shout for joy sing his praises speak to god speak what god has done and stand by your commitment because god takes your commitment seriously his kingdom takes your commitment seriously number 6 in verse 15 he says i will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams i will offer bulls and goats we don't sacrifice fat animals you know the charles sent me the uh, photo after he reached sydney it was barbecue <laughs> he said my dinner tonight <laughs> so that is a kind of sacrifice we do now but what do we offer as sacrifice you know jesus has already offered as a pure sacrifice he's already offered so what do we offer as a sacrifice two things we offer one is a sacrifice of praise in hebrews it says we offer the sacrifice of praise but there is something else that we offer as sacrifice as worship romans 12:1 and 2 says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice a daily living sacrifice moment by moment and when we offer our bodies to him as a living sacrifice the battles don't matter because if people are attacking you if there is trouble because it's no longer your business it's it's god's business and we need to offer the sacrifice of praise you know as we do that as we offer our bodies to him as a living sacrifice he starts working in us and he starts changing us 
Of course we will make mistakes. But there is a difference how the Lord looks at us and how Satan looks at us when we make progress in life. When we make progress in life and when we fall, when we rise when we fall, the Lord looks at us and says, good, you are making progress. I need you to change this. I can see that you have improved. I can see that you are coming up good. Come on, go forward. And he will comfort us, he will strengthen us, he will convict us, he will discipline us, but he will encourage us. You know what Satan will do? We are making progress. One may say, Zee, look at you. You are no good. You are failing. You are not made progress. You are not going to get better. <clears throat> you will not fulfill God's will for your life. He doesn't allow us to see that we are made so much progress. Because he will focus on that one thing we felt and condemn us and curse us. And that's why we need to get back to him immediately and say, Lord, I thank you that your blood has cleansed me, that I'm white as snow. I'm your child washed by the blood of Jesus. And you look me at as if I haven't sinned. I want to start again. And he will lift you up and take you forward. And you continuously submit your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. So do not listen to the father of lies. When we are down, he will say, you are down, you are useless. But submit to the Lord. Go back to him and say, Lord, here is my body. I give it to you. Use me, whatever way you want to be. And he will, he will lift you up and use you. Shout for joy, sing his praises, speak to God, speak what God has done, stand by your commitment and sacrifice to the Lord. The seventh thing, sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. Verse 7 says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I will read from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 19 to 21. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. You must remember he's writing this to believers. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord. The question is, what's the kind of life you want to live? Ordinary use or for special purposes? Do we want to just somehow, okay, we got the ticket to heaven, somehow reach heaven. Is that the like kind of life you want to live? Or you want to say, Lord, thank you. I want to be a special instrument. I don't want ordinary Christian life. I don't want the cliche thing, as my daughter says. I want to be different, special. Now how do we do that? Is it by a smartness? No. God doesn't look for the most bright people. He looks for 
those who are cleansed themselves. Useful for the master. Now somebody can take a gold cup and it's fully covered with some cow dung and put in some nice juice and give it to you. You're not going to drink that. <laughs> Yuck. I will not drink it. But somebody brings a mud cup. You know, like in North you get this mud cup in the railway station and gives you a nice hot chai. Yeah, you'll drink it. Because it is clean. It's clean. So if you want our lives to be thriving, we must commit ourselves to be sanctified by the Lord. Because the more we cleanse ourselves of worthless things, the more he can pour out his spirit and use us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't want to live ordinary lives. Because you know, we have one life. One life. And then we'll go. And we don't want to look back and say, why did I waste all my time on that stuff? <laughs> but if we cleanse ourselves, he will use us in amazing ways, in amazing ways, amazing ways. Hallelujah. So we started by saying, life has challenges and battles. And sometimes we go through the seasons. Sometimes up, sometimes down. One going, then another one coming. How do we live life? Shout for joy when things are hard. Looking at what has happened in the past, looking at what God is doing, believing Him, looking forward to the future that He will never leave us, He will work. To sing His praises. Sing His praises. Sing. Speak to God. Don't speak to yourselves. Life is terrible. No, speak to God. Focus on Him. Speak what God has done. Ask God wisdom to understand. Hey, what is God doing here? You know, what is He doing here? Stand by your commitment. Sacrifice to God. Give your bodies as a living sacrifice. And sanctify